Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social and economic renewal in our immediate communities and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated. I'm going to share um, something that could be unconventional for some of you, but it's very spiritual. So I guess everybody will come in. And uh, I'm going to share about the stewardship of dreams. The stewardship of dreams. I mean the dreams you get when you're sleeping. Not the dreams you have when you want to build a house, but the dreams you get when you're sleeping, the stewardship of dreams. Now, everything I'm going to teach tonight is going to apply to those with prophecies, those who see visions, those who get messages from God through an inner witness, it's going to be applicable. But my language tonight is going to be dreams, the stewardship of dreams. Raise your hands above your head. Father, we come to you. We ask that your word will come to us. We ask that you open us up, body, spirit, and soul. Cause your word to enter. Father, we ask that you unfold the power of your word to affect every facet of our existence. Lord, we pray that our lives will not be the same again. Open our eyes. Let us see Jesus. And cause us to fall in love with him again. That we may serve him the rest of our days. And everybody said amen. I went to Makere University in 1990. And in 1991, I wa we were doing the fourth term. We were doing four terms. There were no semesters yet. And uh, we were taken to Kabanyolo because I was in faculty of agriculture. I was doing food science and technology. In 1991, I had a dream. And in my dream, I entered a storied building, it was a house, and it was owned by Pastor Robert Kayanja, and he was upstairs. So I went upstairs where he was, and uh, the moment I reached him, he gave me a card, an identity card of the ministry. And then he began to show me around. He was taking, he was, he had a, 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 chicken, a, a chicken business. And so he showed me around his chickens. Some were sick, others were whole, some were dead. And then he told me, I want you to take care of these chickens. Then I got out of the dream. 1996, I became his second in command. By the time I had that dream, I wasn't going to Morocco Center. I didn't know him personally. But 1996, I became his associate. And nine months in a year, he wasn't in the country. So I was guarding the fort, preaching five times on a Sunday. But looking at the dream I had had, the chickens were the congregation. Some were spiritually healthy, others were struggling, and I was in charge taking care of them. 
1994, I had a dream. That time, the Miracle Center Cathedral was still under construction. And I wasn't a pastor yet. But in my dream, I saw young people becoming the pillars of this building under construction. And I could see the name, David Makoko, Edward Irubuama, Robert Nabulere, and other, other, other guys. And that, that time we had a committee of the, the youths, and I, I was part of it. And so I saw this dream and I said, what does it mean? So I went to my pastor, I said, I had this dream. I don't know what it means. Two years after that, that dream, all the six pastors in the church walked away. And so what became the pillars of the leadership were the names I saw in my dream. In 1992, I had a dream. We were still at the university. In my dream, I saw a nation in South Africa declare a national fast. So I went to the Christian Union at the university, and I told them there is a nation in South Africa that is going to declare a fast nationally. So I went through university having not seen that dream come to pass. Then I said, maybe my mind was playing up with me. I waited for a long time. Three to four years ago, on the 18th of October, the nation of Zambia declared a nationwide fast. 1992, I had another dream when the Queen of England, seated on her throne, was inviting me into England. And she said, come and preach the gospel. I didn't have a passport at that time. I was one of the poorest students in Mackay University. 2001, in the month of April, that's when I first stepped into England. And I've never stopped. Because the Queen himself, in my dream, invited me to come and preach to them. I planted Jesus Worship Center 18 years ago. Before planting that church, I had a dream in February 2001, and Jesus was standing by the traffic lights of Natete, and he was pointing where we are, and he said, James, I want you to build me a church here. And he said, I'm going to grow it and make it big. And after you finish that, I want you to take gospel campaigns, miracle crusades all over the country. So I got out of the dream and I began to, to look for land to buy, to build the church. The church was not there yet. So we, we, I bought the land before the church was planted. But I went looking for land and I landed on this gentleman who was willing to sell. I had no money. I said, give me three months, I'm going to come back and pay you. And so, by God's provision, I came back and paid off the land. Two weeks after the last payment, he died. So I realized that the timing of my dream execution was critical. I had a dream about six, seven years ago, and I called my brother, Paul. And I said, I've had a dream. I don't know whether it makes sense. But on the lease of Namirembe Cathedral, I've seen a big meeting 
the people are so many. And I've seen them praising and worshiping and hearing the word. I've seen also Samba Zungu preaching in the meeting. And then he wrote it down. I wrote it down like I do with all my dreams. Two years after that dream, Bishop Luwalin, I think, started doing open air crusades on the 31st of December. And my brother posted about the dream that I'd had and what was taking place. I can go on for as long as you are willing to endure. <laughs> but I've seen what God can do when he chooses to speak to you in a dream. And I pray that by the end of the next maybe 30 minutes, you'll be encouraged to find the God and the destiny of God in the dreams that God has given you. If you have a Bible, come with me to Isaiah 46 and verses number 10 to 11. Isaiah 46 and verses number 10 to 11. He says, declaring the end from the beginning and from the ancient times things that are not yet done, saying my counsel shall stand. I will accomplish all my purpose calling a bride of prayer from the east and the man of my counsel from a far country. I have spoken, I will bring it to pass. I have purposed, I will do it. Now this scripture is critical for everybody prophetic. It's critical for anybody who gets dreams. Because this scripture talks about five things that we need to be aware of when God begins speaking to you. Number one, God declares the end from the beginning. Isaiah says he declares things from ancient times when there's no sign of them ever happening. Some of us have got words that we have rubbished and because they appear far-fetched. But God does not always speak short-sightedly or in the near future. The Lord can zoom into your future 30 years from now and speaks into your life. So when you understand that he speaks many years ahead, then what do you do? You receive every word, every dream God has given you. He declares the end from the very beginning. Some of you have read the book of Isaiah and in Isaiah chapter 16, the Bible talks about those flying like birds. Isaiah said, who are these that I see flying like birds? Isaiah looked into 1948 when the nation of Israel was reborn and the Jews were flying in airplanes from all over the world. And he was saying, who are these that are flying like birds? He zoomed into an age distant from where he was when that technology of airplanes had not yet even been invented and he saw people flying. God has a way of zooming into your future and brings it into your now and declare things that will be. And when you know that of God, you receive every word that the Lord will give you. Secondly, Isaiah in this scripture says that God declares his counsel. Dreams are the counsel of God. Dreams are the counsel of God. I need to exemplify this. Somebody help me with three chairs. Quickly. 
Can I have a third person come with them? Pull this one into a bag. Please sit on these chairs. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They're having a counsel about your life. And after they have a counsel about your life, the minutes are divinely endorsed out of that counsel. You catch it? That's what he's saying there. And he say, after those minutes are agreed upon and divinely endorsed, the Lord, the counsel of heaven, asks the Holy Spirit to package whatever they have decided about you in a dream. Oh, come on, clap, in a dream. And the Holy Spirit ensures that it comes in the terminology of your mentality. Things you will understand because he knows who you are. He packages it in a dream. It's the counsel of God. And then he sends it to you that night, that morning, that day. And you have that dream. And listen to me, friends. It's not just one of your dreams. You have just received what happened in the council of heaven. What's, what was determined by God himself. What heaven has decided will happen to you. And so that dream out of a divine council, packaged by the Holy Spirit as a dream, it comes to you. That's my point. You may go back. When you understand that, you never take any one of your dreams lightly. Number three, Isaiah says that after God has given you that dream, then he begins to use, he begins to choose who is going to implement it. He says he calls the battle prey from the, from the far country, from the east. And the man that executes his counsel from a far country, so he begins to summon people who will implement this dream, who will implement this prophecy. Five, year, five days ago, I had a call from a spiritual daughter of mine. Her name's Olivia. And Olivia told me, Pastor, I have to tell you this. I said, what? She said, in 2010, you gave me a prophetic word. And in your word, you said that people I do not know will come and stand with me in my ministry. She said last November 2019, a group of Koreas, Koreans came to my church and they built it, built it from scratch. And they finished my church, put in the windows, put in the doors, painted it, they put up a toilet for us, and I never knew them. I didn't even have their contact. But because when God releases a word, he chooses people you don't know and they're going to find you no matter how far you are and those people will build that which God gave you. Somebody shout hallelujah. She said over Christmas a family came from Kampala to visit their parents in the village. When they saw this building that was built in only five weeks they, say, they asked me, do you have electricity? I said, no. They gave me one million shillings to put electricity in the building. 
and she said, Pastor, I do not know them. Because the word of God says, after he has released that counsel in the form of a dream, he chooses the dream implementers. I want you to tell three people, your implementers are about to find you. Your dream implementers are about to find you. 2020, your dream implementers will find you in the name of Jesus. And then he says, I will do what I please. Behind every dream you receive, there is divine commitment. Even if you were to sleep until Jesus comes back, that dream is going to come to pass because the giver of that dream is committed to bring it to pass. I'll bring it to pass. And so friends, we need to understand that when we are having dreams, these dreams come in different categories. And I'm going to go through them very fast. Number one, they're what I call identity dreams. The most often dreams you get are dreams about who you are in the realm of the spirit. When you came to Jesus Christ, you became a new creature. Everything old about you passed away. Everything new about you was released on the day you got born again. Now since you were born, you've been defined by those who raised you. Since you were born, you've been defined by your performance. Since you are born, you've been defined by your backgrounds. But I'm here to declare you are not where you came from. You are not what they said about you. You are not what you have done. You are not where you are. You are what the Father says about you. Somebody shout hallelujah. And friends, there are those regular, frequent dreams that keep on coming into your mind when you are sleeping and you are always seeing yourself doing that in that place, in this kind of area and yet in the physical you are not that. What is God saying? God is saying where you are is not who you are. What has happened to you is not who you are. What they say about you is not who you are. How many times you have failed is not who you are. This is who you are. And my friends, all you need to do is to come into alignment. You agree with what heaven has said about you. Listen, the day you align with your identity dream, you befriend your anointing. The day you align with your identity dream, you befriend your anointing. Everywhere I go, all over the world, I know what the Father has spoken about me. And I don't speak apologetically. Because I've come into agreement with what the Father has shown me. Remember many years ago, first it was still born. Nowadays it's Robert Kayanja. They pray like this. Father, you say to your servant, wherever I go, you will perform miracles. The lamb will walk, the blind will see. He says, now I have showed up. Let the cripples begin to walk. Let the blind begin to see. What? Why? Because they have come into agreement with their 
identity dream. Raise your hands and say, Father, I agree. Come on, say, Father, I agree. Identity dreams. Nobody can ever do that for you. Some of us are quick to believe the dreams about other people. And we never believe the dreams about ourselves. God wants you to believe what he says about you. Secondly, is what I call dreams of divine possibilities. Each one of us has had such dreams. You are in the valley, and yet when you sleep, you dream. You are on top of the mountain. You are a small person. When you dream, you see yourself in a huge meeting. At times preaching, maybe healing the sick, maybe leading people in worship. And what you see cannot agree with where you are. What is that dream talking about? It's talking about divine possibilities. God is saying, this is where you are, but this is what I can do through you. If you can trust me and agree with me and walk with me, this is where you are, but this is what I am going to bring about through you. Divine possibilities. Third category is what I call directional dreams. And these are very important because they show you what to do and not what to do. They show you where you are supposed to be. It's about maybe 14, no, 10 years ago, I was preaching in England and they offered me a church. Friends of mine, they offered me a church. A, a white congregation, they said, we want you to come over here with your family, we are going to facilitate you, we want you to pastor the church. I checked in my dreams and it wasn't appearing. You understand what I'm talking about? God had, had said otherwise. I see Natete. That's a good offer. But I see Natete. Directional dreams. And I have many, many of those kinds. I've literally left places where nothing has happened. But because the Lord has said, directional dreams. And they pitch me in the right places where I'm supposed to be in the center of the will of God. Listen to this. They are what they call tutoring dreams. Please don't miss them because they're important. Because in tutoring dreams, the Lord teaches you what to do. When I was in Makelele, I had a dream about the healing ministry I have now. Jesus came about three times in a space of one and a half years. He came. He usually, he usually showed up as a teacher on a blackboard. And he began to teach me, you're going to begin to feel this, this, this. I'm a feeler. I'm a prophetic feeler. I feel things in my body. So he told me, you're going to feel this and this and this and this and this. And then he went out. Went back. After six months, he came back. He said, when you feel this and this and this, it means this. I'm giving you a gift of a word of knowledge. I'm going to heal the people. I was alone praying by myself. And then the last dream he came, it was Friday night. And he said, now... I've released the healing. Whenever you call out people, I'm going to heal them. Pray for them like this. A tutoring dream. He was teaching me what to do. Saturday morning was a prayer meeting at the university. I tested what I'd seen in the dreams and it worked. A lady who had cancer, breast cancer, got healed because God means business when he gives the promise in a dream. And I implemented it the way he had taught me tutoring dreams. Jacob had one of those when he saw the spotted and speckled. 
And so God was teaching him what to do. So what did he understand? He peeled sticks. He placed it before the animals. And that's how the Lord transferred the wealth of Laban into his hands. Tutoring dreams. God is not leaving you to yourself to figure out what the next step is going to be. We have the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, the Counselor, the Comforter, the Paraclete, the one who stands alongside. He wants to minister to you to show you what to do. He can teach you how to be a mother. He can teach you how to be a wife. He can teach you how to be a husband. He can teach you how to do business. He can teach you how to speak to people in a high class, high places. Somebody shout hallelujah. And how many of them here which I cannot, I don't have time for. Before the 77 days of glory began, Pastor Kayanja was doing crusades. I think he had, he had done about two of them, and I had a dream. In my dream, T.L. Osborne came to me, and uh, myself and T.L. Osborne were on a crusade. And there were crippled people, blind people, deaf people. And so I asked T.L. Osborne, how do you go about this? He said, let, let me show you how I do it. So in my dream, he knelt down and he prayed fervently. After praying fervently, he literally sweated. He rose up and laid hands on the cripple and they walked. And then he knelt down again. He laid hands on the blind and they saw. He knelt down again. He laid hands on the deaf and they heard. And I came out of the dream, a tutoring dream. God telling me, this is how you do it. Pray intensively, give yourself to me, and I'm going to release the power you want to see. So I went to Pastor Kayanja. I had a chance to see him. And I said, this is the dream I had. He said, yeah, that is the secret. That is what I also do. Tutoring dreams. And I'm not talking about myself today. I'm only mentioning my examples because I don't know your dreams. But I believe everything I'm mentioning tonight applies to you. There are some lessons, indelible lessons, priceless lessons that God has been giving you over the years that you need to dig into and know how to handle where you are and how to do what God has called you to do. They are what I call discernment dreams. These are when the Lord reveals to you what is behind something, what is behind a problem. It doesn't necessarily mean that there must be a demon behind the situation. You remember in the case of Isaac, the pregnancy of Rebekah was problematic. So the Bible declares Isaac prays and says, Lord, why do we have this problem? The Lord says two nations are in our womb. The younger one will lead the older one. Discerning what is behind, discernment dreams. They are what I call espionage dreams. Where you zoom in into a situation and you see who is saying what about you? Who is plotting what about Have you had some of those? I know there are some prophetic people who have had some of those. Espionage dreams. They are what I call predictive dreams. We get many of those. Where the Lord tells you things and they're going to happen exactly as you saw them. Predictive dreams. They are what I call dreams of divine operations. And I'm finishing with this. Dreams of divine operations. What are those? Those are dreams in which the Lord visits you in a dream. 
and he does something to you in a dream and you wake up when you have it. Come on, clap if you understand what I'm talking. Some of us have set our spirits and our minds in a futuristic mode. So we think everything we hear, either prophecy or conviction or dream or vision is going to happen in the future. God doesn't work always that way. There are times when the Lord will visit you and make a deposit of wisdom. Make a deposit of faith. Make a deposit of courage. Make a deposit of the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And you wake up on a higher level of the anointing of God. Because in your dream you had a God encounter. Somebody shout hallelujah. In these dreams of divine operations, there are times when God comes and does a deliverance on you. Whether it's a habit or an affliction, he comes. And you know how those deliverance dreams are. And many of us have been taking them futuristically. No, it happens that night. He comes and delivers you on your bed. Are you hearing me? I remember being sick. He does healing in dreams. Being sick, I had a stomach problem. I was living on painkillers. One night I sleep and I had a, a dream and I was singing all the blood of Jesus in my dream. I woke up and the pain had disappeared. He had come and the blood of Jesus had healed me in the dream. Dreams of divine operations. And so in closing, how do you steward these dreams? Number one, by perceiving them perceiving them. I'm reading a scripture in Job 33 and verses number 14 to 15. Job, thank you Holy Spirit. Job 33 from verses number 14 to 15. For God speaks in one way and in two. The man does not perceive it. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls on men while they slumber on their beds. In the Hebrew, the word to perceive is the, is, means to see. It means to behold. It means to observe. It means to regard. It's not the perceiving that we usually understand, but it means to take care to see what is happening. For you to be a good steward of your dream, you have to observe them. You have to pick interest in them. Tonight God says, stop rubbishing my communication with you. It's not just a dream. It's me talking to you about your circumstances and about your future. Listen to me. The more you pay attention, the more you're going to have God speak. Bible declares, when Moses saw the burning bush and it was burning and not being consumed, the Bible declares he approached it and he said, I want to see, I want to find out why this bush is, being, is burning as not being consumed. And then the Bible declares God spoke. God spoke because Moses paid attention. Showed interest in what God was doing. When we begin to show interest in our dreams, they become more, more, more dissective. They go deeper. They become more frequent. 
They become more weighty because we are paying attention. Number two, we steward our dreams well by receiving and believing them. Receiving and believing them. Hebrews chapter 4 and verses number 1 to 3. Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear lest any one of you should seem to have failed to reach it. For good news came to us just as to them, but the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. For we who have believed enter that rest, as he has said, as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Although his works were finished from the foundation of the world. The Bible declares they couldn't enter the promise because they failed to mix their faith with the promise. When we believe what God has said, we enter the rest that God has promised. When we believe what God has said, we enter the inheritance that he has promised. We never enter the inheritance encapsulated in the dream on the day of the dream fulfillment. We enter the inheritance the day we believe the dream. The day you believe the dream, no matter whether there's no sign to show its fulfillment, that dream can never be stopped from happening to you because the day you believe the dream, you enter the rest of the dream and the inheritance of the dream. Somebody say hallelujah. In the book of Luke, Luke chapter 24, on the road to Emmaus, he tells these two guys that why aren't you believing the promises written about me? He tells them, are you foolish? Are you slow? Meaning that whenever we disbelieve what God has spoken, we become foolish. God wants us to believe the dreams, no matter how impossible they appear to be. He doesn't want us to keep on investigating them so that we may believe them. You believe before you investigate. Listen to what Mary says in Luke chapter 1 and verses 1. Mary says, be it unto me according to your word. She doesn't understand. None of us can ever understand the virgin birth. She said, what? what did you say, angel? She said, you're going to get pregnant. The power of God is going to overshadow you. With God, nothing is impossible. She said, I cannot compute it, but I believe it. Be it unto me according to your word. So that dreams, the words, the prophecies God gives you, you steward them well by believing them. Number three, you have to journal them. That's where many believers are lazy. You have to journal them. I wish I had time to show you my dreams. I mean, I have dates, 2014, 2013, particular dates. Some of them are mine, others are for the church, others are for people who don't even come to our church. You know, when, before they began to harass the ladies and uh, rape them and kill them, you remember that thing that was happening? Was it Joan, was it Magara, some, some, somebody? I saw that in my dream. I saw it and I dated it. You have to date them. Because when you journal your dreams, one, you keep the memory of the dream. Let nobody deceive you, you will not re always remember everything. But if you write them down, you can then, you keep the, the memory of that dream. 
true you are able to keep them before you. Dreams are meant to be kept before you. Because they are a guiding light. How do you keep them before you when you are not writing them down? You are able to know your inheritance. Friends, I'm here very confident knowing things that are going to happen to me in this life before I die. I know them. I know my inheritance. I've seen it in my dreams over a hundred times. And not only me, other people have given me dreams of theirs concerning the things I've already seen. I know my inheritance. And I'm not going to ask for my inheritance from anybody in Natete. It's the Father giving me that inheritance. You can't know your inheritance. And because you don't know your inheritance, you can be swallowed by hopelessness and despair. When you write down your dreams, you are able to grow in dream interpretation. Because the more I pray through them, there are times when I say I'm going to pray through the dreams of 2013, 2014, 2015. And as I pray through them, then revelation comes to me. I say, oh, this means this. This means this. In my dreams, this means this. As you go through them, because you've written them down, you grow in dream interpretation. And because I've grown in dream interpretation, people are calling me from different countries, from different churches. I saw this, what does it mean? You don't know? It means this and this and this and this. Because I increasingly grow in the gift of interpretation because I channel my dreams. When you write down your dreams, you're able to track the times in which you are. The seasons in which you are. When your dreams change, your seasons begin to change. And you can tell from the dreams when you channel them. When you write down your dreams, you are able to track the times of its fulfillment. Listen to me. The God of prophecy would want us to know when the prophecy will come to pass. I'll say that again. The God of prophecy would want us to know when the prophetic word will come to pass. It's only the people who are judged by God who do not know how long and when things will happen. Are you listening to me? And so when you write down your dreams, then you begin to have a clue. Because I have those which have happened. Say, okay, it takes this. This one took six months. This one took, uh, I think this one looks like next year it's going to happen. So I talked about number three, journaling them. Number four, pray over them. How do you pray over a dream? You pray with the understanding you have. The light that God has given you at that time. As, as you pray through it, the Lord reveals even more. If you don't yet understand it, then you use the symbols in the dream. Lord, I'm praying about this dream I saw when I was on this mountain and the bright sun came and uh, I was all lit. I pray, Lord, that let your will be done. Let it happen to me. Raise my life higher than where I've been. Amen. I pray through the dream. But I also want to encourage you to pray not only over your dreams, but over the dreams of the other people you have got. Because the Bible declares when you are faithful in little things, the Lord is going to entrust you with more. So no matter who I dream about, I take time, fast for them, pray for them, and say, Lord, I'm believing you for this pastor, for this family, for whoever the Lord has revealed to me. Pray over them. Now listen to this. The other way to show them is to keep on going back to Jesus. That Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit will teach you out of the dream. 
And like I said, there are solutions provided already in your dreams. There are answers provided already in your dreams. There are strategies provided already in your dreams. And as you keep on coming to Jesus, he has already equipped you for what is going to come ahead. But at times we miss it. But the Holy Spirit will shed light on it. And you find how to solve that puzzle in that business because of the dream that the Lord gave you. Lastly, how do you steward the dream is by staying in the place of waiting. In Luke chapter 2, the Bible talks about giants of our faith. One was Simeon, the other one was prophetess Anna. Each one of them had received the word. In a dream, the Lord spoke unto Simeon and said, you will not die until you see the Lord Christ. He was waiting. We don't know how long he was waiting. For Hannah, it was many, many years. Over, She was 84 years. Maybe for over 60 years, she was in a place of waiting. After you dream, you stand in that place of expectation. I know my Redeemer lives. I know I'm going to see what he spoke to me about. And so I'm always waiting. So when I'm invited to worship harvest, I come asking, Lord, is this the day when you're going to bring that dream to pass? When I go somewhere, when I'm walking by the road, when I'm driving, I say, is this the day when I'm going to see that and that? I'm always in the place of waiting. I want to summarize quickly what I've just said. Every dream God has given you, you must remember it. Remember it all the time. They wake you up and say, what are your dreams? You say, I dreamed this and this and this and this. You have to remember that, the dream. You have to know them. Now this, quest, this, this question may not find answers in this church. And I'm serious. But in my church, I ask people, how much money do you have on you? They know. A thousand shillings and a coin with a fish. People know how much money they have. Some people, even some people here know how much money you have on you. Now, after you gave you, you know. That's how we are supposed to know our dreams. I know I have this dream. I have this dream. I have this in Robin in my future. I have this in Robin in my family. I have this concerning my daughter. I know. You have to remember them. You have to know them all the time. I say tonight, then you have to understand them. Now listen to me. The understanding of dreams is a growing understanding. We understand in part. I've discovered that the more I pray over them, the more I understand what the Lord was saying. But you have to understand them. I have said tonight you have to align yourself with that dream. You agree with what God has revealed about you, especially when it comes to your identity. And the last thing I want to mention tonight is you have to apply them. You have to apply them. I want to give the example of Jacob. Jacob got a dream in Genesis 31 and verses number 10 to 12. The angel came to his dream and told him that the Lord has given you the spotted animals. God has given them. That was a dream. So the second thing he did was to apply the dream. 
In Genesis 13, verses 37 to 43, he peeled the, the, the pods. He peeled the sticks. He put, it, put them in the water troughs when they came to, 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 to have water. So what he had in a dream, he applied it that way. Genesis started 27 to 34. He negotiated a deal using a dream he had. So when Laban says, how much should I pay you? He remembers the dream. He goes like they spotted and they speckled. He's using a dream he had to negotiate a deal. And then lastly, the Bible declares in Genesis 30 and 43, he became very wealthy according to the dream because he had applied it. I'm praying for, for your dreams tonight. That the Lord will give you grace. Thank you, Holy Spirit. That the Lord will give you grace to steward them well. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. There are only two categories of people I'm going to pray for tonight, and I'm going to hand back the microphone. Thank you, Lord. I'll not do healing a lot tonight. I'll come back Thursday. But let me begin with this group. There are people here, in your dream, you've seen the end of the storm, the end of the trouble, the end of the pain in your dream but it's still lingering. You saw it as a done deal, as a finished case. But on the contrary, what was finished in your dream is still bothering you and disturbing you. Stand your feet. I want to terminate it tonight. Is that all? If that's all, then we have enough from here. Come here. I need you to pray with me, friends. Pastor Chris, I need you to pray with me. We're going to lay hands. Now, this is what I believe. When God said it's done, it, he, he meant what he said. So whatever has persisted, yet it was revealed to you as done. It is illegitimate in your life today. It's never meant to be there. I can hear the sound of a new generation. Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555. Five, five, five.